Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In today's Gospel passage, we see this encounter between Bartimaeus, the blind beggar, and Jesus. And we're told that Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving the city. And Bartimaeus is along the roadside and he cries out after hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he cries, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And right here in his cry, we have to take note of what he's saying because this beggar on the side of the road in saying, Jesus, son of David, he is declaring Jesus to be the Messiah, the one who is expected through the line of David. And so right from the outcry, the beggar on the side of the road understands more of who Jesus is than the inner circle of disciples who get it and forget it and misinterpret it and get it all wrong. Uh, they go through a, a variety of cycles. But we see this beggar declaring Jesus to be the Messiah, the one whom they've been waiting for. And he cries out to him, have mercy on me. And then we see, you know, we would think then that as he declares Jesus to be the Messiah, that then the disciples would say, you're right. Go and call this man and bring him to Jesus. But their first instinct is to say, hey, over there, shut up. We're trying to have a church parade for Jesus and you're getting in our way. We've got an agenda, we know how this is going to go down, and uh, enough of the shouting. Just be quiet over there and we'll take it from here. And he cries out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And then, something important happens, Jesus stops. And this is important because we find throughout the Gospel passages, Jesus is going about doing lots of ministry in very busy ways, going from here to there, and lots of people are looking for him. And in the Gospels, we have encounters where Jesus stops for one in need. There's a large crowd following him, and there's one in need. And Jesus stops. And I say that this is important because we've probably all at some point thought in our lives, well, how significant am I? And God's got a lot of things he's responsible for and wars and famines and pandemics and uh, keeping the world spinning and all the things that God has to do. And how, who am I that he cares about my need in Amsterdam, New York? And I think the witness of the gospel is uh, God can handle all of those things at once and Jesus dealt with the crowd but stopped for the one. 
And so we should be encouraged that Jesus stops for us. Jesus wants to know what's going on with us. God is not too busy to deal with what's going on in your life or that it's not important enough based on the uh, important things he's got to get done first. Jesus stops and says, call him. And they called the blind man, hey, cheer up, get on your feet, he's calling for you. And he throws aside his cloak, jumps to his feet, and comes to Jesus. And then Jesus asks an important question, what do you want me to do for you? And we hearing the story may think, well, that should be pretty obvious, right? The guy's blind, make him not be blind. But if we think about our own lives, they're pretty complex, aren't they? And we probably have more than one thing going on in our life at a time. And Jesus wants to hear the cry of this man as he does for us. He wants to hear, what do you want me to do for you? Now, of course, Jesus knows all of his needs. Jesus knows all of our needs. But it's that intimacy of personal relationship that Jesus desires. That he wants to hear. Well, what do you want me to do? And the blind man says, Teacher, I want to see again. Go, Jesus says. Your faith has healed you, or your faith has made you well. And we're told immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. And when we hear healing encounters like this, I think it's important that we do so with a disclaimer recognizing what's happening. Because people can take this verse and they say, Go, your faith has healed you and made you well. And so if you're sick and not healed, it's because you have lousy faith. And it's just too low. And if you just got a little more, everything would be fine. Well, that is a misreading of the text and is an inappropriate way to use the scripture. Because what Jesus is commending when he says, your faith has made you well, it's not that he's a super spiritual person and all the others aren't, but the one in whom he has put his trust has made him well. The one to be commended is Jesus. This guy has declared Jesus to be the Messiah and in putting your trust in him, you will be made well. You will be healed. And in this instance, he also gets cured from his blindness. But what's really happening is the healing of his sight is more for everyone else to be a sign that Jesus is the one who the blind man declared him to be. It's not just healing for the sake of healing or that Jesus is just the healing genie and, and everybody who gets close enough, all diseases will be wiped out. I mean, even when Jesus walked with the disciples, it doesn't say, well, everybody got healed. He didn't just smash his staff on the ground and the whole globe was cured of every illness for all eternity. That's not how it happened. Now, why it didn't happen like that, I have no idea. Does it make us scratch our heads and say, well, God could heal everything, but doesn't? Yes, and I scratch my head along with you and say, I don't get that, but it's the way that it is. But the healings that we do see, that we do encounter even in our world today, the way that we see God work today is not just for a healing of itself. It's to assure us that Jesus is who he says he is. That he is the Messiah as he's declared to be. 
And even the people who were healed in the gospel or raised from the dead in the gospel, well, they ultimately die again. It was ultimately temporary. It was a sign for those witnessing about who Jesus was. And we know that our faith is in the Messiah who will return again. And one day, we will all be raised to a new life. To live in the new heaven and the new earth where there's no sickness and death, pain, crying, or mourning will all be vanquished and wiped away. So that day is coming. But here and now we sit with faith in the one who has made us well. Who has healed us. That our victory is now and not yet. That we are overcomers now, but we wait for the day when it comes to fulfillment. That's the tension of the Christian journey by which we say, there's a lot of painful things that still happen now. But Jesus is with us now. The Holy Spirit has been poured into us, and as Christians, we stand on the victory that's already been won in the day to come. And Jesus returns again. And everybody will be permanently healed. And all sickness will be wiped away. But right here and right now, whether we understand it or not, it has to be enough that we put our trust in the one who heals and restores. And that his healing brings us forgiveness of our sins, eternal life, dwelling in his presence for all time. And right here and right now, Jesus cares enough to say to us, well, what do you want me to do for you? That he wants to live in that personal relationship with each of us right now to hear the cry of our hearts. And some will experience a physical uh, cure. And some will experience some other transformation in our lives. And some will pray and pray and pray and not see today what they're looking for. But no matter which of those we're seeing, no matter which of those we're experiencing, the victory has been won. New life has ours in Jesus Christ. The day is coming and Jesus has already won. And you will receive it. So in the here and now, let us give thanks for what Jesus has done on our behalf. Let us cry out to him that we might see more of who he is. That he might change and transform us into his own image, which is the ultimate goal anyway. Whether we receive a cure or not, whether our financial problem goes away or not, whether the relationship in the family gets restored or not. In all of those things, Jesus is Lord. Jesus has won the day, and your victory is his, and it will be brought to fulfillment exactly as he promised. Let us pray. Jesus, we give you thanks and praise for who you are and for what you've done for each of us. May your Holy Spirit teach us day by day what it means that we've been healed and made well in you. May your Spirit teach us to pour out the cries of our hearts to you, trusting that you are the Messiah who desires to have mercy. And may we know your presence with us each and every step we take on this earthly journey. And may we trust in the fulfillment of your promise, the victory that will be and is ours in you. May our lives be lived to your honor and glory. 
May we testify to others that you are who you say you are, that they too might come and receive your love, your mercy, and your transforming healing and grace. And Jesus, we ask all this in your precious and holy name. Amen.